Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spiegel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spiegel. Welcome to the Make Each Click podcast. This is your host, Andy Spiegel, and we're happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is how to generate more profits and more sales with your Amazon ads. Here today, representing PPC Ninja, a PPC automation software that helps e-commerce businesses get the biggest bang for their buck on Amazon is Ritu Java. Hi, Ritu. Hey, Andy. How's it going? Great. Well, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely delighted. Now, before we start, in full disclosure, I want to say that I discovered PPC Ninja a few months ago, and it's become an essential part of my business in managing my private clients' accounts who are using Amazon Seller Central. And I say that not because you're paying me as a sponsor or anything like that, but just because of how useful your service has been on an ongoing basis on optimizing bids. And this comes after I've used both Takeometrics and Sellix. So my question to you, Ritu, is why do you think your service is superior to the competitors out there? Yeah, that's a great question, Andy. Um, so, you know, I uh, would like to say that we are a software company and an agency ourselves. So we actually use our own dog, like we eat our own dog food. So first of all, the software has to be useful to our agency um, or else it just doesn't you know, work for us. So we have really uh, taken the time to design this software, uh, keeping the agency in mind and keeping you know, large customers that have their own internal teams and who really need to be on top of their numbers and who really need to get, um, you know, results at scale. Um, that's basically how we've kind of designed the software. And we took our time. We took uh, several years to, um, to, you know, to produce this software. Um, so some of the things that are very different from uh, our competitors, you mentioned to uh, Ticometrics, Celix, um, there's a bunch of others. There's almost mm-hmm. like 50 competitors, I guess, in this space. Um, so yeah, some of the key uh, differences, I would say, uh, number one, our software is not a black box uh, solution. So uh, many customer, m- many um, of our uh, you know peers and our competitors, um, they have this um, black box solution where you know it's like set it and forget it. Uh, you just do a few initial setup, um, you know, routines, and then uh, from there it's all automatic, right? So that's one of the biggest differences. Uh, between um, you know those types of softwares and ours, uh, because ours are our software is really ideal for agencies that uh, would like to have uh, creative control over their data. They want to see what's happening and not just accept things you know uh, automatically. So mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest kind of differences. And um, uh, we kind of like that because you know we can uh, apply the bid recommendations that our software. Uh, suggests on a daily basis, but with some uh, human intelligence. Like we don't just have 
a numbers-based uh, rule box, um, you know, so to say, that just does things automatically. Because that could be disastrous because there's so many, you know, things that could go wrong with a uh, complete AI-based solution or a yeah. rules-based yeah. solution. You know, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. That is definitely an advantage of just not, you know, setting up the rules, but having to go in and, and authorize them. I think that that is, I mean, it's a huge difference as far as what I've seen in, in terms of results. Now, besides the software, you also, you mentioned you manage the services. So you continue to have hands-on experience managing Amazon ads accounts and of course using your software. But when you first get an account, I'd be curious on what are some of the biggest mistakes or most usual mistakes you see as far as wasted ad spend when a company first comes to to PPC Ninja and and how do you fix these money wasters? Yeah, uh, you know, one of the biggest, um, you know, um, mistakes that I see over and over again is that people focus uh, too much on keywords. Now that is like a big statement because everybody needs to focus on keywords. But what I mean is that there are certain ad types that are keyword based and then there's other ad types that are, um, you know, let's say category targeting ads or product targeting ads or even display ads that are, you know, underutilized at the moment, um, even video ads for that matter. They're very underutilized. Uh, most people flock to the sponsored product keyword based um, ads, and those tend to be the most expensive ones because, you know, CPCs on Amazon are just, you know, rising every year. You have like a, uh, at least a 15% increase in CPCs um, in cost per clicks. And there's no stopping there. You know, uh, ads are just getting more and more expensive. And then, you know, people continue to believe that, you know, they need to rank for certain keywords and they need to put their money behind uh, keywords alone. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think that's a big mistake because that's, you know, like fishing in a very crowded pond. If everybody is focusing on keywords, uh, we basically run out of cash, um, you know, because CPCs are extremely high. So there's different ways to show up on page one, and that doesn't have to be through the keyword route. Um, if you are, for example, targeting a competitor who is, um, you know, because of their ad spend, they are showing up on page one, then by targeting those competitors, you can piggyback off of their success by showing up close to them because that's how the um, you know product targeting ads work. They will show your ads wherever your competitors show up. So that's kind of like an easier way to get uh, you know onto page one without spending the dollars uh, of uh, keyword based advertising. And, and those um, those ads are just based on the ASIN that you're targeting. Is it by ASIN or is it by competitor? Yeah, so you can go after an ASIN or you could go after, um, you know, a whole category. Uh, you can also go after specific brands. Like you can, in your category targeting ads, you can specify which, um, you know, competitor brands you want to target. So your ads will show up wherever all of their ads show up, you know, which is kind of cool. Um, and people don't realize this and they continue to focus on keyword-based advertising, which is very expensive. So I think that's one of the first things we do. We'd like to have a full funnel strategy where we set up at least um, 40 to 50 ads per ASIN. And that way we get um, every type of um, placement uh, that Amazon has to offer. Uh, we get it at different rates. So we can almost like test and see which placements are working best for us. And we double down on those. We don't have any ego around wanting to make our sponsored product keyword-based ads 
the best. We don't care. <laughs> we care about sales. We care about ACOS. We care about bottom line. So whichever ad type will work, I will take it. You know, if it's underutilized, that's where I want to be. <laughs> Not, you know, forcing my way in a place that's very crowded. Right. Yeah. No, I, you know, I haven't heard that 15% average per year increase in Amazon ads. How, how long has that been happening? Well, it has been happening slowly. Like you can look up uh, Marketplace Pulse. I think there was a recent report by uh, one of our peers. Um, I um, think it said something like 14 to 15% rise in CPCs year over year across most categories. Yeah. Now, when you're working with a company as far as managing their ads, do you work with them to increase their conversion rates by, by improving product pages? Or are you exclusively working on the bid optimization and, and creating the, the sponsored brand ads and, and, and the ads, the mm. ads and the bids? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think there's, um, you know, some merit in being specialized and we like to be specialized and our area of focus is advertising. Uh, that's what we're good at and that's what we excel at. So, um, you know, obviously there is a lot of, uh, you know, codependency with uh, the listing and the listing quality. So what we do is we focus on ads, but we use every opportunity that we can get uh, to kind of recommend keywords that, you know, um, our clients should be using in prominent places, like in the title or in the bullet points or in the back end. Um, so we kind of work closely with uh, our clients to, you know, let them know when we see an opportunity. Uh, but that's not our main kind of focus. Like we're not write, writing copy for them or anything. Uh, we, we have done this uh, and we do it one off, uh, but it's not like the main thing. Um, in addition, we also offer um, localization in Japanese because that is one of our special kind of uh, skills. We also have a team um, in Japan that uh, works on translations. Um, so that's one thing that we do do. But other than that, uh, most of the English um, you know, pages, we, we don't really do the, the copy for it, but we work closely with those teams. Sorry, I didn't realize that. Are you, with PPC Ninja, are you advertising on marketplaces throughout the world then? Yes, we are. Uh, we, we cover all markets and um, we have special skills in the Japanese language. So we also run PPC for our clients in Japan, which is kind of a unique skill. Um, most people, you know, will just use some sort of software and just let that do the work. But in our case, we um, we also have people that can, uh, can do that for Japan. And how much of your business is U.S.-based versus... Um international? Well, it is still mostly U.S.-based. I would say at least 80 to 85% comes from the U.S. Um, so yeah, that's our main kind of bread and butter. So Now, are there certain products, um, certain product types that you have found to be more successful than others when you're selling on Amazon? Um, yeah, I think one thing I'd like to say is that, you know, Amazon is a, you know, search engine, right, for products. And so if there is like an existing demand for certain types of products, then Amazon is great for, uh, you know, uh, sell, selling on Amazon. But if there is no demand or if let's say you have a very unique kind of product that um, that requires a little bit of explaining, uh, then I, you know, I've seen that it doesn't tend to do uh, that well. Like sometimes people want to go after extremely unique products that, like they have no competitors, um, that's actually a mistake uh, because, you know, if there is no search demand, there's uh, no likelihood of 
uh, great conversions there. So you do need to have a little bit of competition in order for your product to kind of um, uh, show up and uh, be relevant, you know. Do you think you can have too much competition? I mean, you had mentioned uh, one of the ways that you're not going to be successful is nobody's searching for it. Yeah. But, but what if you got, there's tons of volume, but there's tons of people selling it and some of them with a really good brand recognition. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, it all comes, uh, you know, down to data and, uh, you know, if the market is huge and if you can get uh, a slice of the pie that is significant and uh, you're okay with it, uh, you know, as part of your um, portfolio, your, you know, your diversification strategy, then I don't think it should be a problem uh, having a lot of competitors. Uh, but, you know, um, as we all know, there's always a short tail and a long tail uh, to everything, right? So if um, most of the, uh, you know, the, the the market is taken up by the top three, uh, it generally tends to be that way, right? The top three um, players in the market take take up 80 to 90% of the, the whole entire market share, and then everything, everybody else is, you know, kind of uh, fitting into the long tail. Uh, and if you're if you don't have ambitions to be number one, two or three, then, you know, even if a market is crowded, you still have an opportunity to to make profitable sales. Now, let's talk about uh, the buy box and how your bid adjusting works for those that that aren't selling on Amazon actively. The buy box is when you click the add to cart button, the buy now button, and Amazon gives that order to those sellers. It's called the buy 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 box. But in regards to your ads, sponsored products, sponsored brands, sponsored display, how does that work with having the buy box? Um, yeah, so you know it depends on whether you are um, a vendor or a seller. So Amazon has these two big platforms: the vendor, uh, the uh, the vendor central, and the seller central. Uh, vendor central is great for people who are maybe reselling or are uh, this is for you know Amazon's own products right they uh, kind of you know buy products from um, manufacturers and then sell it under their own brand so those mm-hmm. uh, qualify as vendors uh, vendors can have access to the to advertising even when they don't have the buy box right because it's not their product uh, whereas sellers, um, you know, once they lose the buy box for whatever reason, whether they're out of stock or another uh, another seller has um, the buy box, then their ads tend to, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, shut down automatically. So they're automa- there's a you know uh, system in place where sponsored products will stop working if uh, a seller doesn't own the buy box at any point. But there are still some types of ads that will continue to run, even though you don't have the buy box. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, the sponsored brand ad, they will continue to run, uh, or the sponsored display or the sponsored video, those will continue to run. So uh, I guess it depends um, on, you know, whether you're a seller or a vendor. Um, and then you kind of just have to uh, make sure that, you know, once you're out of stock, then you uh, turn certain ads off. Otherwise, you continue to spend money on them. So your software doesn't take that into effect or account, really. It's uh, the ones like the sponsored brand or the spot, the ones that continue to run, even though you have the buy box, it'll, it'll continue. Your software just continues to optimize. Yeah, it's- that's how Amazon works, actually. So Amazon okay. doesn't stop. And so we just follow Amazon. Our API, we basically use Amazon's APIs. And if Amazon continues to run those ads, then we continue to run those ads. Got it. Yeah, you know, and we had mentioned um, some of the different types of ads, sponsored products, sponsored 
brand sponsored display, do you optimize the bids on all those different types of advertising on Amazon? Um, so we do have, um, you know, bid recommendations for sponsored products, sponsored mm -hmm. brands, and sponsored video. Uh, we don't currently have those recommendations for sponsored display only because it is such a different beast. Like it, uh, sponsored display has a range of ad types within it. Like you might call it sponsored display, but under that umbrella, there is CPM based ads and there are CPC based ads. And, you know, even at this point, Amazon doesn't give us the data in a clean manner. Like it, it, it has many reports that are kind of split out uh, depending on the subtype of ad. So at this point, it's very hard uh, to kind of give recommendations on those ad types. Uh, but it's not that, you know, we won't be supporting it. We will in the near future. So at this point, sponsored products, sponsored brands, and sponsored videos have daily recommendations. And by the way, our recommendations are um, data sufficiency based. And I, I um, you know, I just wanted to briefly explain what that means. Um, it means that, you know, when uh, a keyword, for example, has accumulated enough data, then it's kind of ready for a bit change. But if it hasn't accumulated enough data, then, you know, uh, prematurely changing those bits might be a mistake, right? So our system actually takes into account how much data has been collected for each mm -hmm. uh, keyword or target before it recommends a change. Now you can compare that to a system where someone is maybe using a time-based, uh, you know, uh, data or, or a time-based sufficiency model, which means that they just look back, uh, let's say two weeks and say, how many clicks in these two weeks? How many sales in these two weeks? And then they make a decision. But that's a mistake because, you know, every keyword has a different sales volume. And so there's, um, you know, two weeks might be too much for certain keywords and two weeks might be too little for certain keywords that are slow movers. So our system kind of takes into account uh, those subtleties and gives you very precise kind of uh, recommendations only when a keyword is actually ready for a change. You know, that's great because that is something that you can't do manually adjusting. You know, you can look at the last... X time frame. you look at the last two weeks, you can look at the last month and make a decision, but you can't go back and, and look at, at all that stuff that your, your algorithms taken into account, Yes. which makes me, you know, how long, how long has PPC Ninja been around for it? And how, how was all this created? Yeah. So this is, um, you know, we already go back uh, way in time because, you know, we, um, we actually started as an internal project of an eight-figure Amazon seller. Um, this is a global seller. It's, it's the electronic space. Um, and, you know, our, uh, you know, goal was to create um, like a, a suite of tools just for ourselves, like just for this big brand. Um, and it got to the point where the investment in the software development uh, was kind of not worth uh, just limiting to uh, one client. And so we kind of, uh, you know, kind of broke off from the main company and uh, created our own kind of um, software company. And that's how we started kind of offering our tool to many other sellers in the space. Um, and, uh, you know, this uh, tool in this current form has been around for two and a half years. Uh, and the company has been around for two and a half years. But like I said, this was an internal project that has its, you know, roots back eight, five or six years, uh, you know, uh, into the past. And we've been at it for a bit. So, yeah. Are there any struggles 
since you've opened it up to, to everybody um, that you've gone through with PPC Ninja and, and delivering results for clients? Yeah, you know, I think uh, we've had all kinds of, um, you know, good and bad experiences. Um, one of the struggles that we've, um, you know, had is uh, kind of related to what I was saying earlier about the product type. If a product is not ready for Amazon, uh, then no matter how much we pump into PPC, it do- doesn't work. Like it won't turn yeah. things around if the product isn't already doing some amount of, you know, decent conversions. PPC can help kind of boost that and enhance that and kind of help you grow and scale. But if your product is, you know, from the very start, it's struggling and flailing, then there's very little likelihood that PPC can uh, turn anything around. So yeah, you, you can you can bring the horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Exactly, exactly. So one of the examples of, of, of this, uh, you know, uh, struggle we had was with uh, one, one of our gaming clients, they had a very unique product that, you know, almost nobody else in the world was uh, making like it was a unique thing, it required a lot of explanation. But you know, the thing is, they were doing great off Amazon because people love the concept. As soon as they heard about what this thing does, they were just wowed. And they were like, oh my goodness, this is, and people would buy, right? So their website was doing well. Uh, but on Amazon, since nobody really knew what that product would do, uh, there was there was very little conversion. So the conversion rate was extremely low. Uh, and that was on the organic side of things. And we tried with PPC, we tried, um, you know, through um, educational ads, like uh, video ads, or, um, you know, uh, you know, custom image based ad types. Um, however, there was, t- you know, still that barrier to understanding what this product does, it required more explanation than was possible through even videos or uh, through A plus content. So, in the end, you know, it didn't quite work out. So th- those are some of the struggles where, you know, the product itself uh, intrinsically is not suited for Amazon. Now, on the flip side of that, do you have a favorite success story of a client that you could share, either an agency client or, or a client that has used your managed services? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so one of, um, you know, uh, you know, our recent customers with, you um, uh, they're in the uh, supplement space. So which is, as you guys know, it's a very competitive space and uh, there's no dearth of competition from China on in that in that category. And uh, it's pretty brutal um, because there's a lot of black hat going on and there's a bunch of, you know, copycats and inferior products that pass off as, you know, being the real thing and so on. So uh, we have been working with uh, this client for almost like uh, five months, I would like to say. Um, and uh, recently we, uh, we took over their DSP. So this was about two and a half, three months ago. Um, and so DSP, as you know, is the demand side platform. Uh, this is one of the most kind of powerful uh, and pretty complex um, platforms that Amazon um, provides. It's different from sponsored, by the way, it's very different and it requires special skills. It requires um, tremendous amount of like settings and um, the, the, it's pretty involved setting it up. So uh, one of the things that DSP helps us do is use Amazon's first party data uh, to advertise outside of Amazon. So you can be advertising on, let's say, the New York Times or um, the C- CNN or you know, Washington Post and so on. Uh, those placements um, 
you know, can be programmatically purchased. You can buy media uh, on these placements through the, the way we set up these ads. And the way we set up these ads were um, so that we could kind of reach out to uh, remarket to, uh, you know, a lot of their previous customers in the past 365 days, which is amazing information for us to be able to lay our hands on. Uh, and it comes from Amazon, right? Because these customers have a history on Amazon. So remarketing was one of our um, kind of uh, very successful uh, campaigns. But the more important thing than just remarketing is that we were able to focus on increasing their subscribe and save uh, customers. What that means is that, you know, with supplements, what happens is that you buy one bottle, but then you want to replenish it after a while, right? So instead of just focusing on one-off customers that, you know, you can uh, have them buy one or two or three bottles, what you're getting here is the ability to increase the lifetime value of your customer because they become subscribe and save customers. So they'll keep buying from you over and over again, which is kind of pretty cool. Um, so, you know, targeting uh, these bottom of funnel customers, as well as targeting visitors and customers of their competitors, we were able to really um, uh, help this brand, you know, grow uh, not only through the direct sales, but we saw like an overall lift in their new to brand on Amazon, as well as, you know, their overall um, account levels, you know, health and sales. And so we were able to kind of deliver with uh, a ROAS of 12 and it's still growing, which is really uh, interesting and exciting for us, you know. So th I think that was one of the recent kind of success stories in the DSP space that I wanted to highlight. Yeah, no, you know, that's that's really interesting. And I can see where, especially in the supplements where it's a product you use up and if you like it, you're going to want more that would work um, with the retargeting um, and even following those customers off of Amazon. How, how like approximately how big was their list of customers they were retargeting? Was it, was it huge or? Right. Yeah. So the thing is, um, so their DSP requires uh, at least 20,000 um, mm, okay. emails. Yeah. So you need to have 20,000 emails. But in fact, this uh, particular customer did not have 20,000 emails. So we did not use that route of uh, remarketing. We actually used uh, Amazon's first party data to say anybody who had purchased from them in the past 365 days needs to be targeted. So that's how we got access to that data. It's all anonymized. Uh, we don't actually see those emails. We don't right. see who these profiles are, but we know that they fall in the, um, you know, in that particular audience segment. That's really interesting, especially, I mean, there's so many questions, I don't want to get stuck up on it, but especially with the iOS privacy issue, you know, yes. <laughs> changes, is yeah. that, how long is that going to be, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah. it's very interesting though. Now, yeah. personally, um, are there any business books out there that you can attribute to your journey as an entrepreneur? Um, you know, I love um, Ellie Goldratt's writing. Like he's written a bunch of different books. Um, I One of my favorites is The Goal. Uh, and this was, uh, I, I actually read it way back in 1992 when I was just like starting out, um, you know, in my, in my company. And uh, I, I believe, I, I've just learned recently that this book is uh, a required book uh, for all Amazon managers and Jeff Bezos recommends it. So I'm, I was quite, you know, when I, I learned about that, I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. So yeah, I like this book. I have, you kind of used it, um, you know, in my, um, 
I, I guess in making business decisions um, all along, like it's been at the back of my head, it's in, in my psyche. Uh, and I really like uh, the, the way it's written. It's very easy business uh, style, um, conversational and uh, business novel type of uh, writing. So it's pretty cool. Now back to PPC Ninja, who do you think makes the perfect client for, for your agency? Yeah, so um, so like I said, we have both software, which is a self-serve software, and we have uh, an agency that is uh, doing managed services. So for our software, I would say that you know the best type of customers are the slightly advanced uh, PPC users who know what they're doing, um, who can get the most out of our software because it has so much uh, you know, creative control. It allows you to slice and dice your data in so many different ways. And we have like 50 plus uh, bulk operations that you, know, uh, you can use uh, to uh, you know, affect changes across your entire you know, account very quickly within a matter of seconds. So I would say that people who can use our software are agencies and you know, brands that are slightly advanced uh, who would like to get the most out of uh, their PPC. And then on the services side of things, um, I think uh, brands that are really looking to grow their business to the next level with DSP ads, with sponsored ads, and with Google ads. We do all three. We do DSP sponsored and Google ads. Um, So anyone who is kind of in that space, uh, we have a few verticals that we are pretty good at, like electronics or um, uh, uh, supplements, um, yeah, and a few others. And so these, um, you know, with all the experience and expertise that we've built up over time, uh, we really think that we can um, add value to to our customers. And how does the fee structure work for the individual companies? Well, I guess and yeah. and the agency side as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So on the software side, you know, our um, software pricing is up on our website. So ppcninja.com slash pricing. But, you know, just to give you a, a small uh, summary of that, we um, we count ASINs and our, we don't take a percentage or anything like that. It's based on the count of ASINs across all of your, um, you know, all of your profiles, whether it's multiple markets or multiple clients, uh, we will add up all the ASINs and then give you a quote based on that. It's it's on, on our website for for the most part. But if your you know, number of ASINs is beyond that, then we can give you a special quote for that. Um, and on the services side of things, um, again, it depends on how many ASINs you have. Uh, if you're you know, under five, um, you know, there's a base fee of 1500. Uh, if you're under 10 ASINs, then there's a base fee of 2,500. And then uh, beyond that, it's like a, a small percentage uh, added to that. Um, so, uh, and then of course the DSP and Google ads are different. They, that, like I said, they are pretty complex and they are their own beast. Uh, so we can give you a specialized code for that. Uh, one of the advantages of doing DSP with us uh, versus doing it with Amazon is that, you know, with Amazon, uh, they require a minimum spend of 35K over two months, which is wow. a lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, most brands will never be able to touch DSP for that reason. But if you go through uh, an agency like ours, we can actually do your DSP for much less. We don't really require any minimums, but we do have like a minimum recommended so that it makes you know, sense to you. Otherwise, it doesn't make business sense to, you know, spend a bunch of money on uh, our services 
And then also there's a 15% platform fee that goes to Amazon. If you count all of that in, it really starts to make sense when you have at least 5,000 a month to spend on uh, DSP advertising uh, that can really open up your business and take your brand to the next level. Now, as, as an agency, and, and I'm an agency, but if there are agency owners listening out there and decide to bring clients in to use PPC Ninja, which is I have done, but I guess a worrisome might be, how are they to know that you're not going to try to poach those accounts? Right. Yeah. So I, I do believe that trust is uh, very important and it's very hard to earn. Uh, we know that and we've been you know, around in this space for a long time that you know, we wouldn't ever do something that would jeopardize the trust that our clients have bestowed upon us. So it's just a matter of you know, trusting that and it's not, not that we can give anything in writing, but it's not the thing we do. We have uh, plenty of uh, interest uh, and we're constantly being asked to manage. In fact, we have the opposite problem of not having enough resources to take on more clients uh, at this point. So uh, I think that's not something uh, that I would worry about. And how can an interested listener learn more about working with you and PPC Ninja? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, so uh, if you just want to follow me there or just send me a message there, I'm happy to engage with you. Uh, so my, you know, LinkedIn handle is V2Java, my full name, R-I-T-U-J-A-V-A. So yeah, just look me up, follow me or just uh, connect with me and ha I'm happy to answer questions or just uh, help you out. Um, other than that, you can also reach out to our support team. Um, if you have any technical questions about uh, our software, if you want to see a demo, we have a one hour long demo on our YouTube channel. Um, and it's also on, I believe, our help page on our website. Um, so you can actually look, uh, look at that, or you could even look up uh, a full demo that we have on Demo Mondays, which is uh, another kind of service that uh, helps to kind of demo softwares of all, all, all kinds. So, yeah. Well, this has been fantastic. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up today? Um, yeah, so uh, I would just like to say that, you know, I'm pretty passionate about PPC and uh, about advertising um, in general. So, uh, you know, if anybody is interested to, to learn more with us, uh, we actually have a mastermind program that we run uh, periodically. Like last year, we were running it every month. Uh, this year, we've kind of uh, brought it down to once a quarter at least. So, you know, if anybody's interested to kind of uh, learn more about PPC and uh, has, uh, you know, some amount of uh, advertising spend on Amazon, then they're free to kind of join this. The, the program runs um, once a week and I do it twice a day because I want to cover the whole globe. So uh, people who are in Australia and UK and US, everybody has their own kind of time slot and they can pick. Um, so if you would like to sign up, uh, please go to our website, uh, bbcninja.com, uh, and then just look for the mastermind uh, tab in the menu and just sign up for it. Whenever we have the next uh, round, we will invite you and, and then we can connect uh, on Zoom as well. Well, that is great. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Ritu. Yeah, thank you so much, Andy, for the opportunity. I really look forward to connecting with you again. All right. Well, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding Ritu or PPC Ninja, you will find links in the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our all-new podcast resource center available at www.makeeachclickcount.com 
We've compiled all the different past guests by show topic and have included each of their contact information in case you would like more information on any of the services I have discussed during any of the previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing.